Good morning, and if you want to, you can grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Luke, chapter number 23. Luke's the third book in the New Testament. It's the third of four Gospels. And uh, we're not going to spend a lot of time in Luke chapter 23, but you may want to reference it this morning. Um, As I shared at the beginning of the service, um, we're we're starting a five-week series. Looking at the words of Jesus on the cross, we're calling it Cross Words, and we're using this uh, wonderful little book by Erwin Lutzer, Cries from the Cross. You can get your own copy for just $3. Uh, we were able to get these for just a little bit more than $3. And if you don't have $3, we would love for you to get this book um, at no cost and to read with us. Today we're going to be tackling chapters 1 and 3. I want you to um, imagine that you have been accused of committing a crime, but you are innocent. And you know you're innocent, and the people closest to you know that you're innocent. But nonetheless, the the system is against you. And the system convicts you, and you're not penalized to a a monetary fine. You're not penalized to a 30-day stay in jail, but you are sentenced to death. And so you're saying, what in the world's going on? I'm innocent. I didn't do anything wrong, and I have to die? What would you say? What would you write? What might you tweet? What might you have someone on your behalf put on your Facebook account? It's not fair. This is just plain wrong. Where's the justice in it all? Think of what you might say. Well, Jesus, perfect in every way, fully God, fully man, was sentenced to death on the cross. And Jesus didn't say one thing. Jesus didn't say two or three things. Jesus, according to Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, said seven seven different phrases or series of words during that Six-hour period on that Friday that we call Good Friday. And over the next five weeks, we're going to look at what did Jesus say and why did Jesus say what he said and what's that got to do with our lives as followers of Jesus today. And so in Matthew chapter 23, we see the first of these sayings, according to, to Luke, in verse 33 it says, When they came to the place called the skull, they crucified him there along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Maybe Jesus was speaking about their ignorance. Maybe Jesus was speaking about the fact that they didn't realize he was the Son of God. Maybe Jesus was speaking about the fact that they didn't realize he was perfect in every way, fully God, fully man. I I don't know. But this much I do know. The first words that come from the mouth of Jesus are words of forgiveness. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Now, if you've studied the New Testament, if you've studied Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John for any amount of time at all, you should understand that forgiveness was a big staple in the teaching of Jesus. Let's go to Matthew chapter 5. We'll put this scripture up on the screen. Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. Jesus is teaching during the Sermon on the Mountain. 
And he says, if you are getting ready to give your gift at the altar, and there at the altar you remember that someone has something against you, leave your gift at the altar. Go and be reconciled. Go and seek forgiveness before you even give your gift. I don't like those verses of Scripture very much. Matthew chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. Jesus is saying before you even give a gift to God the Father, be reconciled with your brother or sister in Christ. Seek forgiveness with your brother and sister in Christ. It gets tougher the next chapter in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says, following the Lord's prayer, following the model prayer, that if you forgive people when they wrong you, if you forgive people when they sin against you, if you forgive people when they mess up your life, God's going to forgive you. But if you have that spirit of, I'll never forgive, God the Father won't forgive. Hard verses of Scripture to process. In Luke chapter 7, we see this account of Jesus going to eat supper at the home of a Pharisee. And I don't quite know how this happened. I don't understand maybe the the first century culture, the first century world, maybe like I should. But somehow, as they're hanging out, all of a sudden, this sinful woman appears. And this sinful woman is anointing Jesus. I mean, she's basically worshiping his feet in so so many ways. And the tears of her eyes are all over his feet. And she's using her hair. Think about putting your hair on somebody's disgusting, dirty feet. Think about that for a moment. That's what she's doing. Because she's so in love with Jesus. Because she has been forgiven. And it's right then, it's right there, that Jesus teaches the religious leader of the day, this Pharisee, this connection between love and forgiveness. He says, Simon, you don't get it. Because you think you've got it all together. You think you've got it all figured out. Her sins are great. She needs forgiveness more than ever. And because of that, she can't help but love. And then in Matthew chapter 18, Peter, always Peter coming up with this or coming up with that, he decides he's going to try to stump the rabbi. He's going to try to see how well Jesus really knows the law. And he says, you know, Jesus, the Old Testament said that when people sin against us, we have to forgive them seven times. Is that right? And Jesus says, not not seven times. Some translations say 70 times seven be 490 times. Others say 77 times. I don't know what it is, but this much I know. It means you need to forgive over and over and over and over again. And so how's your heart this morning? Where's your heart on the forgiveness scale? Did you come to worship this morning with animosity towards someone? Did you come to church this morning knowing that there's someone that really holds something against you? And you need to seek reconciliation. You need to seek forgiveness. Words of Jesus on the cross, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they are doing. I want to put a picture up on the screen of Monty Williams. Monty Williams is an NBA assistant coach. He uh, spent many years with the New Orleans franchise. Uh, This last year, he took a different job with the Oklahoma City franchise, and that's a picture of his lovely wife, Ingrid. They've been married for many years. They had five children. Monty and his wife were uh, just passionate followers of Jesus Christ. And two and a half weeks ago, 
Monty's life changed forever when his wife Ingrid was driving two of their children home from a, from a kid's event and a wrong way driver going 92 miles an hour in a 45 mile an hour zone smashed into her car head on. Ingrid died instantly. The other driver died instantly. And so it's times like that that Christians are really forced to figure out, do I really believe what I say I believe? Am I really practicing what I preach? Here's what Monty Williams had to say at his wife's memorial service. He said, God's going to work this out. My wife's in heaven. God loves us. God is love. And when we walk away from this place today, let's celebrate because my wife is where we all need to be. And I'm envious of that. But I've got five crumb snatchers I've got to deal with. I love you guys for taking time out of your day to celebrate my wife. We didn't lose her. When you lose someone, you can't find them. I know exactly where my wife is. I'll miss holding her hand. I'll miss talking with my wife. That's beautiful in itself. But he went on. He went further and said, everybody's praying for me. Everybody's praying for my family. And we need those prayers. But let us not forget there's two people in this situation. And that other family needs our prayers as well. We have no ill will toward that family. In my house, we have a sign that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We cannot serve the Lord if we don't have a heart of forgiveness. We cannot serve the Lord if we don't have a heart of forgiveness. I can't serve the Lord if I don't have a heart of forgiveness. You can't serve the Lord if you don't have a heart of forgiveness. Again, Jesus on the cross, the first words that he uttered on Good Friday, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Monty Williams is an inspiration to me. I hope he's an inspiration to you. I think God's used him to, to, to preach the, the necessity of forgiveness. But he's not alone. Years ago, one of my heroes of the faith, Corey Tinboom, found herself in a concentration camp. It was in that concentration camp that her sister died an unjust death. And following her time in, in the concentration camp, she felt that God's will for her life, that God poured out on her the call to go and preach forgiveness. She had the opportunity to actually confront one of her Nazi concentration camp guards and to offer him forgiveness. And maybe her most famous quote when it comes to forgiveness is this, forgiveness is to set a prisoner free and to realize that prisoner is you. Are you a prisoner this morning? Are you so hurt? Are you so frustrated that you're a prisoner? Set yourself free. Jesus' first words on the cross, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. Right now, I want you to just think for a moment. If there is someone that you need to forgive, or there is someone that you need to seek forgiveness 
from. Just, just think about that right now. Try to visualize that person. Try, try to think about the wrong, the wrong they committed, the, the wrong you've committed. Think about how painful that is. Think about how difficult that is. And think about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, fully God, fully man, going to the cross so I can be forgiven, so you can be forgiven, so you can know a hope that will never perish, spoil, or fade. I want to close with Elizabeth Elliot's take on, on this passage of Scripture. Elizabeth Elliot was the wife of Jim Elliot. Jim Elliot was, um, was murdered by the very people he was trying to reach as a missionary. And she said she loves verse 34 of Luke chapter 23 because of the power in those simple words, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. She says, when Jesus nailed to a Roman cross prayed, Father, forgive them, he wielded a weapon against which Caesar himself had no power. Who can stand up to the force of forgiveness? It's a powerful, powerful force. Will you forgive this Easter season? Will, will you seek forgiveness this Easter season? Let's pray.